Hello, and welcome to From the Pit. Last episode, we brought you the first half of my conversation with the successful songwriting team of Carner and Gregor. As we continue this interview, they give us advice and tell us a bit more about the shows that they like, and also what makes a good musical theater song. The music cuts that you hear in this half are from their CD entitled One. Now enjoy the rest of the show from the pit. Have you always been musical theater fans? Or is that something you found later in your life? I have. Um, yeah. I, um, I mean, my, my parents sang me popular songs from the 20s when I was in the cradle. And they took me to see Peter Pan and Annie Get Your Gun at the local um, summer stock theater and watched My Fair Lady as a, a six-year-old. And cool. I think there, there was it was very late in my youth that I started to realize that there was an inherent difference between musical movies and non-musical movies. And mm -hmm. sometimes would wonder why the – just wonder – why the non-musical movie didn't have songs in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. How about you? Did you, have you always liked musical theater? I loved opera when I was really young because my parents exposed me to that. So I was really interested in the idea of telling a story through music. It felt like it was the most kind of like just the most glorious thing you could do is to write the the music that the characters sing and there's all these other pieces of it like all these other aspects to that to that medium like like sets and, and costumes and, and stuff um, musical theater I really like got into it when I saw Les Mis mm -hmm. I saw Les Mis when I was like a senior in high school or something mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool and epic and and the music was amazing and yeah, so then I kind of just didn't really... So I always knew I wanted to write for the stage, but I didn't... And I didn't know a lot about musical theater, and and then Rent came, you know, Rent came out when I was in college, and then that was like a game changer for me. Mm. I thought that was really cool. And the, I don't know, modern opera, there's some brilliant aspects of it, but there's something about it that wasn't the right thing for me to pursue. Mm. I just want, I mean, I'm also have like pursuing a career as like a, like a pop songwriter. Like I want just things that are accessible, melodic. I think that the artistic integrity can be there mm -hmm. if you just approach it with trying to be interesting and smart and unique. But I also don't think it has to be artsy and avant-garde to, to the point where a lot of people don't get it. Mm -hmm. And opera used to be pop music. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the people would would hang outside of the uh, the the latest Verity show and yeah. then then broadcast the song through the streets. You know, yeah. after they write, it was a populist uh, yeah. theater. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want to do. I just want to write stuff that reaches a lot of people, but still, it, but we're not phoning it in. I think a lot of times it's like, oh, people think it has to be one or the other. And I think that doing something that's just like masturbatory, like I'm going to use 45 different key signatures in like two pages and. It, it, great. There's some. I'm happy some people are doing that. It doesn't interest me as a as a writer to do that. And I think it's immediately 
it's almost like we're tr you're trying to do something really unique for the sake of it. It's harder to write a simple tune that's oh, catchy. Yeah. And that does and that hasn't been done before. Yeah. I, I have a philosophy that I use both for the musical theater we do and for the the kind of pop and other stuff that I write that's not really for the stage. And it's that there's a balance that I try I strive for of what's surprising and what's familiar. And to always be aware of that line. And it's a sliding scale. And I'll sometimes, if surprising's on the left and familiar's on the right, like I'll like move a little bit to the left, but then I always keep my eye on what that means on the right. So an example of that is like, I'll use maybe a very familiar chord progression, like a one, five, six, four, but the melody rhythmically will move and it just as surprising enough of a way. Because mm -hmm. that can just be so boring if it's a simple, predictable melody over simple, predictable chord progression or i'll use a really um kind of surprising chord move but i'll use like one in the phrase not three not mm. three surprising moves mm, right unless there's a particular moment that the that it has to happen for the storytelling like then you can be super like I me mean, sondheim's great at that stuff mm -hmm. but but i i like to just keep an eye on like what that balance is and i think that it's um, a great guiding principle for me to just make sure that I'm keeping people's interest, but also um, just not trying to, it's almost like cheating to just do something crazy original. Cause it's, I could right now sit at the piano and do something that's so crazy. And I'm like, and then at this thing you play with your elbow. And then at this thing you have to, you have to play the, play the piano, but you have to wear, you know, use it with a coffee mug and, and stuff. It's just like, okay, that's sure. cool. But that had to happen a few times and then we can get back to just how do you write music that's going to move people yeah and uh, we're conditioned by what we've heard like we're conditioned by what we've listened to all through the years and that is a context mm -hmm. that is that is part of my job is to not only write what i write but to think about what is already in your brain mm -hmm. and to try and like i mean that that's just my own particular desire is to to operate within that context what was the moment you knew that you wanted to do this? Like, was there a time, like, was there a, like a epiphany moment? No, I think there was, there was probably, a, um, I probably knew I wanted to do it from the beginning. I probably accepted it much later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally understand. Did, did you have a moment where you felt like, beginning of college mm -hmm. i met i met some really inspiring friends and i i hadn't been around a lot of artists like i i i uh i thought when i was in when i before i got to college i thought all like artists writers or photographers or painters were all like wore black turtlenecks and were really kind of like annoying and mousy and kind of just <laughs> like eh, sitting in a drinking coffee in the village and and i i didn't think there was anything I just, I just didn't, I didn't know how amazingly like exciting and brave and, and exhilarating it can be. And then I met some people, uh, in college who came from like really fascinating backgrounds, you know, and like ties to like Picasso and all that kind of stuff. And I just was like, oh my goodness, this is fascinating. And this is what it means to like take this thing that I've always kind of liked and do something with it. And it's, and it can like travel 
the war it took years to that for that to happen. I can travel around the world and I can meet interesting people and I can take chances with the with with what I'm doing and mm. yeah. I, so freshman year, I met some people and immediately I knew. What's your rush? Stay in my arms today. The train will wait for you, and on the other side, your boss will be late to work. I promise, no need just yet to rise. Don't worry, close your eyes and stay a while. It's only seven. Few more minutes will send time to exile while it's still perfect right here. It's a passion fade. Do you have any major influences? I'm sure there's lots of people, but anybody that stands out to you that you that you think, yeah, this really you identify with as an artist? Um Well, I mean, there are certainly tons of, of classic lyricists and um you know cole porter um pg woodhouse both (laughs) as a um as a lyricist and librettist and writer in general yeah um i just saw anything goes by the way though there's a production of it just out in in new west here of the the 87 beaumont one so i think of those two together what a brilliant yeah absolutely yeah um and um you know frank lesser i think i mean sondheim is of course there's certain things that he he um certain um structures that he created that i think that that are that are really powerful mm-hmm. um and uh, i mean both both the sort of rhythmic lyrical structures and also ways of ways of using ways of using song and ways of using um voices together mm. um lyr- or lyrically speaking uh but i also also try to find influence in um I look to a lot of a lot of influences outside of musical theater as well, because uh, I think that that it brings in it brings in a whole new energy. So, John Donne hmm. and his some of his his um, big metaphors, um, Keats and his approach to especially approach to transience and permanence, hmm. um, which is such an important theme in musical theater, um, and um, I mean, I keep coming back to Shaw, mm. um, Wild, and his his way of turning a phrase, mm. um, and um, and then also I look to opera, also uh, especially late Verdi mm. and Richard Strauss, um, and the and 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 Hofmannsthal. And the way that they are able to find these wonderfully bittersweet moments, the way that they really can blend comedy and melancholy. Mm. Right. Do you have any influences? I think that the edge, uh, the guitarist from U2, is oh, yeah. whatever he he does with the guitar and the and the pedals, the layers, the sonic stuff. Is something that is like, what? Even if I'm doing something just with a with a piano without any sort of effects, I'm I love the vibe of that, and I sometimes create kind of aspects of that size and with big open chords and like ostinato patterns, the same kind of right hand thing over left hand moving chords and stuff, and 
and then we do do a lot of stuff with effects and the way that we use our guitars is, is heavily inspired by that um so that's like a u2 is an enormous influence mm. um and then they went and wrote a really bad musical <laughs> which is ironic uh yeah. and yeah like i said mozart and um, sondheim mm -hmm. uh, probably my favorite musical might be cabaret but okay. in certain respects and then uh and then also um I don't know. Richard Rogers is like something that I've been really thinking a lot about. I always oh. knew how great he was, but there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And I'm really like looking at the harmonic stuff of some of those things. And then, and then Jonathan Larson and Stephen Trask, I think mm. is, is it were, were huge for me. Cool. But, uh, I, I'm listening. And then, and then there's a, there's a songwriter more on the country side of things named Tom Douglas. I'm doing a lot of stuff in Nashville and stuff. And he, uh, I saw him talk actually in New York city and he, he wrote the, the song, the house that built me that Miranda Lambert recorded. Mm -hmm. And he is just a great storyteller. Also, I learned from him, like he did this, this, uh, talk and it's a whole bunch of songwriters and, and it went and it was, and we would play songs, uh, play recordings. And then he would comment after he was done, had talked for a while. And he, he was, he was exhausted. He had come from like Los Angeles and was leaving to go to Nashville and was passing through New York city and was doing this like eight hour thing. And he tried so hard to make sure everybody got, he got through everybody and he was like digging in. And then there was a break where we all needed a break and he just like stayed and had his lunch like in the room and made himself available. And that was, that was a game changer for me just in terms of like mm -hmm. Sam and I are traveling a lot teaching and and i get i like felt a little bit of diva kicking in somewhere along the line about a year and a half ago i was like i'm exhausted i want i need to be writing i i can't own but maybe we'll do coachings where we only we limit it to three hours or and then that was a change for me i was like you know what he's so much busier and more successful and he's that generous mm. tom douglas cool guy but oh. probably the best country songwriter around cool i hadn't heard of him sounds amazing um you mentioned sort of favorite musical. You said maybe Cabaret is sort of definitely up there. I mean, that's an amazing show. Do you have a favorite show? I know it's hard uh, to narrow it down. But. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Um, that day, yeah, I left out actually one of one of my biggest influences, which is um, in musical theater, which is Yip Harburg. Oh yeah. Um, his his ability to I mean I, I just I love his philosophy, hmm. um, the idea that that you really can change the world through a change in your attitude. Um, and by renaming something, the power of renaming, mm. um, which you see coming up in this material again and again right. and again, and also his, his whimsy combined with all of that. Mm. Uh, but Finian's Rainbow was actually one of my favorite really? shows. Cool. Um, Love Guys and Dolls mm -hmm. book is really just is so ingenious, and yeah. the tunes are so catchy. Um, I, I keep coming back to The Music Man. Mm. It's such a... Um, I mean, again, that's another show about how changing your perspective changes the world. Yeah. Um, it's a very powerful theatrical idea. Mm -hmm. um, love a little night music. Mm. Um, those are, those are just, so a, just a few. <laughs> I love Carnival. Oh, yeah. As, as, odd, as, as yeah. odd a show as it is, it's also, like, it, 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 it keeps, um, I mean, the, the melodies are so gorgeous and um 
and and yeah, this the story of the salvation of two people in the most in the strangest possible way. Mm. It's really powerful to me. Cool. Now I'm coming out on my hiding place. I got my three best girls and my good broad just in case. And we're heading off to go on a town. I'm gonna take a deep breath of the air outside, taking the new world that's mine. And I finally let my shoulders down um, What makes a good musical theater song? Like, how do you know when it's good? <laughs> we're, we're I, think, I think that when I think that when people find well, I mean, one, one answer is when it when it clarifies a a piece of the listener's life, hmm. when it takes, but that can be in any. So that doesn't have to be a musical theater song. Oh, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, like the house that built me, if is a song about asking to go back into your childhood home when someone else lives there, and just be like, I'm just gonna come in for a minute and. There's all these stories like that's a, you know, right, right. Songs do yeah, so yeah, right, no, from the, from a thematic right. And I think any 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 good song will will connect with a listener and and be able to give them a language to define something, some part of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, yeah, I think yeah, for a theater song, thanks for pointing it out. I think that uh, for a theater song, it it needs an action. Um, it needs to. Move the move the the person singing from from one place to another in an unpredictable way, which means that they need to be there needs to be something they're pushing against. Um, also, you've said this before. This is Sam's words, not mine. But it's like happening now. Right. It's like present. It's like the character is a character, and maybe there's ways to. There's probably somebody that can dispute this with some examples with different styles that are that are happening now but it's like i'm doing this now if adele is singing about a relationship and she's definitely there's like a theatrical aspect of it but it's not it's not it's like a more vague Mm -hmm. thing i'm singing about the way i feel or the way their love was or the love wasn't or this or that it's like more talking about the concept and even if she's saying talking directly to somebody it's not like she's necessarily saying it now in this moment Mm -hmm. From beginning to end but in a theater song it's kind of more about that mm. right i mean when sally bowles sings cabaret and her girlfriend elsie even though it's a story but that happened in the past she's singing it now mm-hmm. she's singing it because she needs to tell that story now yeah that that immediacy um yeah it's not a reminiscing moment she's right. she's it's using it to explain. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's the difference between also, you know, an anthem and a, and a, and a, and a real musical theater song, which is, um, again, that, that sense of, um, that sense of stakes of dramatic, of dramatic stakes and, and yeah, trying to accomplish an action that has not been accomplished. Right. Um, that's something we, we always, Early on in, in you know every writing process, we always will ask ourselves what are you know what is what is the drama of this song? What is um what's the what's the 
counterbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were writing a song. Um, one of my favorite songs of ours is, is a duet. It's from our show Toast, and it's, it's, a, it's um, this young kind of this, this young woman's song about why she wants to finish this big tattoo she started. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the writing early on, we can come up with all these reasons, but we started to realize that we would, could very easily just make it kind of an anthem where she explains why she wants the tattoo and the guy who's listening says, oh, that's great. But you would know at the beginning of the song where it was going. So we needed to find some tension, hmm. needed to find that, that, um, that counter. So in, in this song, it's, it's as she's singing about why she wants to finish the tattoo, he's on a totally different wavelength. And he's, he's in love with her and trying to take that, her interest in a tattoo mm. and move it toward, well, if you, if you love this tattoo, maybe you could, maybe you could love me too. Mm. And, and that gives it, gives it that, that uncertainty and that sense you really don't know where it's going to end up. Mm. Awesome. As the song is, you know, as the song is happening. Right. But ideally keeping it on the right side of confusing. <laughs> right. So, so you still yeah. know where you are at every moment in the song. Love can be an eternal flame. But that don't mean boo. It ain't also a game. And you, my boy, are getting played. Thinking you're respectful when you're really just afraid. This puppy dog act might get you off. But it won't get you where you want your part. Now you're zooming toward that friendship zone. She ain't gonna throw no puppy dog a pity bone. But you take cold showers and sigh and watch the hours go by. This girl won't give you a second glance if you don't put the man in romance. You mentioned a couple of things too, but do you have any advice for young writers? You mentioned going to obviously the NYU if you have the opportunity, but anything that, that sticks out to you that you could tell the people that are interested in it? Well, um, I mean, one one thing I would say, people people always say tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a very difficult thing to do because what is what what does that even? I don't always know what that means, but I would say. Ask yourself if you agree with yourself, <laughs> if that, mm-hmm. which is a, which is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, at least from a from a creative perspective, is that really what you mean? Just or is that is that really what you mean, or is that what you heard someone else say and is kind of close to what you mean? Mm. Um, or is it the easy way of getting across mostly what you mean in the space provided? Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to repeat a piece of advice that we were with a singer. Uh, we, came, we came into town to, to record a singer who's filming a TV show here. He's going to be on our album. That's one of our reasons for being in town. And we were talking to some some um, high, school, high school kids, some yeah. high school yeah. kids a few days ago. And he we had a rehearsal in that school to use the space. And, and he popped in. And we were talking to these kids. I, and he gave a piece of advice that I'd live by. And it was nice to hear it articulated. There's a lot of different pieces of advice that I would say. But this is big. And I used it last night. 
essentially he said, you just have to kind of, you just have to kind of, whether you, whether, whether you believe it or not inside yourself, what you're capable of, like if you're, you have to walk in the room and just, if you carry yourself, like you're able to do it and you're the best person for the job, a lot of people are just going to believe it. And it's also going to allow you to get as close to, to being doing, 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 you don't, you don't want to shut down. You just want to do it. So for example, last night we did a song from our show toast called dancing on our graves. It opened up our second set. It's kind of a New Orleans jazz type thing. That's not a genre that I'm an, an expert in on a piano. There's a lot of pianists that can just kind of get through that genre better than I can. It's something I'm focusing on because it's a show that's we're gonna I'm gonna live with for the rest of my life. So so I kind of I'm gonna go to New Orleans and take piano lessons from people there. Like I, that's how far I'm gonna go. But I'm not there yet. I can play that song well in two keys. We did it in a different key last night that I've never played it in. I didn't really have a lot of time here to practice. So I, that was, you know, not, so I just committed. I found three licks that I can really play in that key. And I knew where they were. And other than that, I just banged the hell out of it, had fun, did a bunch of glissandos up and down, a bunch of clusters down at the bottom, just owned it. I I masked the fact that that's not a skill that I have. Mm. And I just did it. And it was totally in line with what this gentleman said to the to the children. It's just like, you come in, I could have been like, I don't know how to play in this key. I could have tiptoed. I could have put up a pissy fit that I won't do it in that key mm. or something. I just did it. I just and, and nobody in the room, and I got so many compliments about the, my piano playing on that very song. Mm. And it was, I just committed to it. So I think that's that's important that you're going to go... Most of it is what people think of you. Like it's not about the con. The content has to be right. And Sam's advice, yeah, constantly be like getting better and, and, and reading as much as you can. Listen to stuff. Take courses and conducting and orchestrating and take piano lessons and wh whatever you need to do to just get better at being being able to do your job. But at the end of the day, you just have to kind of like everything in entertainment is perception. Perception is reality in entertainment. People just want to, you, I could sit and practice in the basement and work on all these riffs and then come out and play that song and kind of tiptoe and get a lot of them right and get what wrong. Or I can just put my elbows down on the piano at the end of the song and just nail it. And people say, oh my goodness, that was so exciting. And I just BS through three things that I kind of knew where I was and I couldn't see uh, because I, because I was, the light was in my face and I was, I wasn't using music. I didn't want to use music for it. And the music was like, is, is the piano is not even fully notated. So there's all this, all these typos. So if I look at it, it's going to mess me up anyway. And there's empty bars. And I was trying to vibe off the singer who was looking at me during a lot of the song. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that I think has to do with performance. No, but when you walk than... in a room for a workshop, day one of the workshop, you're not prepared. You don't know exactly what, so some aspect of, you know, what's going to happen. And they're, and they're asking you questions. You know, you can be a collaborator. You don't have to act like you know everything, but you have to act like you're like, like they're in good hands with you as the writer. That's, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I mean. And that's mm -hmm. the same thing. Cool. It's just coming in and just kind of like training yourself to, to project that you're the person for the job and that there's no one else that, that they need to, that, that's, that's better for, for that particular thing. 
and whether it's performing, whether it's coming into a workshop, a rehearsal room, whether it's, you know, anything, whether it's doing an interview, you know, it's just, it's just, right. uh, kind I mean, of, these are, these are really, yeah, probably speaking to different sides. These two advisors are sort of different, different parts of the process, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. I um, mean, that, what you said is about tech, the technique of it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's not, it's not technique. It's, it's about, it's about like, um, it's actually, it's, 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 it's about once you, once you have the technique, the technique is, is secondary to, to really asking yourself almost emotionally. But you're talking about songwriting. Yeah. I'm saying that's the tech. I'm saying you're talking about songwriting. I'm talking about walking down the street on ninth Avenue in Manhattan. And if you, someone comes up and says something and you're just like, I don't know if I can do it. You don't have to be like a jerk about it. And and people will see through that too. Mm -hmm. But if you keep your head down and you just act like you're not someone that can handle the job, and, and, and I really do think that's important advice because you're going to be, if you're, if you're doing it right, you're going to constantly be in situations that you're not ready for. Mm. That's, that's the real thing. How do you, how do you step into that? How do you say, I'll figure it out as I go. Mm. And, you know, and then maybe the, the real blend of these two is, and I think we, but we, but we also both, I think we both agree with both of these, these mm-hmm. um, pieces of advice, but the the other thing that is sort of in the middle is having the confidence to be collaborative, right? Um, you got to be because what's the yeah. point? It's so weird, mm. and it's that's just weak. If you if you want to exactly. project strength, exactly, you don't walk in the room and say I know everything. Right. You walk in the room and say I know how to be me in this situation, and I know how to get the best out of you, and how to how to be surprised surprised that I'm not right about something. I mean that's strength. Mm. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, I, I love working with our music directors, our directors, our actors, mm-hmm. choreographers, and you just like get surprised and it's what a great feeling is when you think you know something and then someone else shows you something. So true. And then you can bounce off that and then you, you still have your skill set, and then you can kind of go to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Surrounding yourself with good people uh, is, is great. I, I think that God, don't, I'm gonna. I don't want to rattle off ten pieces of advice, but um, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. We'll <laughs> okay, uh, we'll sure. put some advice. <laughs> maybe I'll put some advice on our website if I feel like putting up a, a top five great. list. So check out www.carnerandgregor.com, and then maybe there'll be some stuff there. Carner and Gregor. Don't worry, I will put a link on my site to your site so you can see it. But I think people would love that kind of advice. Out in the meadow one night On a thin blade of grass Sat a young firefly Scared of emitting his light For fear he would die His mother had warned him That badgers and bears All will be drawn to your spark They'll love it, but not know quite why, and they'll make you their mark. A cricket who fiddled nearby saw him there waiting and said, Brother, how can you hide all your light deep inside when you look so divine? So shy, firefly, into the darkness, never let them steal your Be a guide till the morning 
what's coming up for you, you both? Can you fill me in a little bit on, well, without being too forward about it? Sure. Yeah. Do you want to? You can go. Ahead. <laughs> um, well, we, we, we have a production of Unlocked happening at the Queensbury Theater in Houston in February. Our show Island Song, which uh, we, we did a lot of songs from, it, is now available for licensing. And there are some productions, licensed productions coming up uh, around the world in the next year. Cool. Um, we're developing our show Toast for Broadway, hmm. which is the New Orleans piece. Right, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, we, we have other pieces that are in development that we can't talk about. Sure, sure. Yeah. But obviously, but you're working on lots of projects at yeah. this time. That's great. What What are you the most proud of to this point? And obviously, it's not the end of your careers. But um, what what do you what do you like the most or most proud of at this point? That's a good question. Um, I'm always striving for just like being the most organized and professional version of myself, being efficient, being on top of stuff. And um, we had the honor of having Leia Salonga sing a song of ours, a song from Toast, at the Town Hall in New York City. And she was doing a concert, and she was going to do one of our songs, which was amazing. And that song, which is the first song on our album, if you guys go get our album off our website or anywhere else. Uh, it's called Advice to a Young Firefly. And when we do it live, there's a version that has like a lot of electronic components and the drummer plays on some electric drums and, and we use a, another guy who's triggering stuff live and, and there's you know a drum machine from like a DJ type guy and I'm playing a keyboard. So there's a lot, a lot of electronic aspects and it's got like a kind of electro pop techno-y feel uh, to a degree. But it would it could have been really easy for her music director and her band to be like, this, let's just do it. with. Can we just do it? Just give us the charts as too involved. So I knew that that was a possibility, especially not about our thing, but if the song ahead of ours was running behind. So if we had any technical glitches, we were going to, it was going to be just a different thing. And I wanted to get this right. And, um, and it was a real exercise for like, what is it like to come in and make it? absolutely painless just perfect all the charts were prepared i brought in some of my musicians blended with their musicians had everything like literally we were in the hallway outside the rehearsal room with everything plugged in just kind of ready mm. to just lift place plug play and their band hadn't seen the chart at all so it was just like everything was charted perfectly there was no technical problems and there was a backup if we had a technical glitch with the click track and everything. So all that is to say, that was like a triumph for me to say, I'm going to go in this situation. I'm going to do something that's a little, that's incredibly ambitious. And I'm going to make it me not be the, I'm not going to be the problem. This is all about Leia Salonga. This is about her, her music director, her director. We're just musicians coming in. And if we're going to be a little bit ambitious and high maintenance with what we want. Let's make sure that it doesn't affect anybody else. And that just sounds like it's one thing for one song and one show, but it really was something that was kind of a culmination of a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of hours of like understanding what it means to be as professional as we can be. Mm -hmm. And we've taken that, that to the next kind of step, you oh. know, since then with other, other projects, that's, I'm, that's, I'm very proud of, of the way that me and, and my team were able to kind of pull that off. Right. 
Um, I, th- I think it's 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 actually really difficult to think about think of one moment um, that. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, I feel proud every time I hear from someone. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel proud every time I hear from someone who has connected with a song of ours and and found solace in it, mm-hmm. found um, a new way through difficult part of their lives hmm. um i mean each each one of those has can it can have a you know tremendous effect on someone's peace of mind and even the next years of their life and that's i mean that's so it's it's, it's and so when we hear from people like that that gentleman who used our song make it here as a impetus to tell his parents about his career choices and actually connect with them over that mm. that's um i mean that's that's really powerful and it's it's a lot certainly a lot bigger than than us you know it's it's finding a a situation and providing and putting it sort of shining a spotlight on it right you know with with some with some help from the craft but um that's that that kind of thing is 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 I mean, every time it it it, um, it it enriches my life certainly. Thank you so much for doing this today, both of you. Thanks for having us, and yeah. thanks to thanks to all of Vancouver for being so welcoming. This has been one um, amazing amazing trip. Cool. Welcome back. Ten percent chance of precipitation. So much for that. And my last minute five buck umbrella shattered in three seconds flat. I gotta get across town, but the cabs are all busy on account of the downpour, which will make my hair frizzy if I don't stop and wait. But the clients I rate, and I'm already late. And New York, do you That was the second half of my conversation with Carner and Gregor. Their CD, One, is available through their website at carnerandgregor.com. For more information about From the Pit and our guests, please visit us at fromthepitpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash fromthepitpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at fromthepitpodcast and also Twitter at fromthepitcast. And join the conversation. <laughs>